are listening to Black Reality Think Tank with host Dr. William Rogers on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Finley Medical Clinic. We serve uninsured, underinsured, and insured individuals. Open Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Urgent Care Clinic Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call for an appointment at 414-988-3079. Finley Medical Clinic is accepting new patients, vaccines, and screenings for uninsured, underinsured, and insured. Located at 10721 West Capitol Drive, Suite 110. Call our office for an appointment today at 414 that people use to tell the political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child.
You are listening to Black Reality Think Tank with host Dr. William Rogers on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Hotep and greetings, my sisters and brothers. Welcome to the Black Reality Think Tank. I am your host, William Rogers. So happy that you are here to join with us this evening. Uh, we have a very dynamic and invigorating discussion that we will be embarking upon in just a few minutes. And so we are, thank you so much for joining with us here. We are a call-in format. If there are those of you who are listening via the Internet and you would like to call and give us your opinion or questions you may have asked, uh, you can do so at uh, 215, earlier code, 490-9832. And I repeat, 215-490-9832. Oh, this has been such a wonderful day. The temperature here in Wisconsin was 85 degrees. I cannot believe it. Uh, we have been coming out of 40, 50, 20, 10-degree temperature for the last couple of months, and so now it's 81, so it sort of invigorates you and gives you energy with that heat and my knees they need heat so anyway i'm so happy that uh, we had this nice weather and i'm excited about our discussion we have a, uh, a wonderful guest who's always been with us she's not really a guest she's a member of the family and she's here with us and we're going to talk about something that is extremely interesting now i want to preliminarily begin by saying first of all as you know here at the black reality think tank uh we are basically historically oriented uh, we are here uh, in a, a healing kind of a environment. We are here to talk about our, our struggle. We are here to talk about uh, our journey and the journey of our ancestors. We are here to talk about the victory sometimes, and we are here to talk about the losses. And we don't talk about it just for factual reasons. We talk about it to, to take a look, to be able to heal, continue, and pass on that legacy to that generation behind us. I think that's most important of all. What do we give them? What do we leave them? What do we tell them? And how do we do it? What platforms do we work with? How do we, what, what do we use? Do we go on TikTok? Do we go on Twitter? Uh, do we do it through just sit down and have a discussion? Uh, do we do it through education? You know, what is the methodology that we are going to use to teach those young folk. And just like many of you know, uh, most of the time, sometimes they don't want to hear none of it. And you, so you have to find a way to reach them uh, where they can begin to work. And then you have to look at the lineage of things. You have to look at, you know, sometimes there's a gap between us and getting to them. And so we have to be able to look at how we do that. So that's one of the things that we've been doing here at the Black Reality Think Tank we use this radio broadcast as a platform to do that, uh, and we sort of do it in a uh, diverse way. Uh, we have other programs that come on, and uh, they do it from their perspective. We have a group of elders. Uh, they, they come on Saturday, and they talk about things from their perspective of eldership and what that is, and in a lot of cases, helping those who need to carry the message. So we, we look at them, and then on Saturday, we have another program of women. Uh, millennial women, mothers who are mothers to babies, uh, come on and talk about those things that uh, impact their lives on a daily basis and, and how to navigate through that. 
and what to do. And that program is hosted by uh, Sister LaWanda Chambers. It's called Black Sister Talk. And then uh, on Thursday, we've got another brother who has a very interesting concept and perspective. We have to have security in our community. We have to have protection. We have to protect our women and our children. We have to protect each other. We have to protect the elderly. And so his program is called Warrior's Way, uh, Continuing the Fight. Brother Quasi Craft is the host of that, and he has given us things and ideas. He's dealing with issues around why so much of this gun violence. He's bringing folk to the table who can talk about it and hopefully come up with solutions. You know, and that's the bottom line. Uh, solutions are not easy. They're not on the table every day. So I'm kind of preliminarily giving you an idea of why this discussion that we have today is so critical. And then obviously here at the Black Reality Think Tank, I remember the first, very first program that we ever did uh, on here, which was over about seven years ago. We've been on the air now about seven, eight years. And uh, that program was about the black family. And what is it that the black family needs to understand what happened to the black family? How were we destroyed? And I remember that first conversation, we looked at the incarceration system, the system of, the system of incarceration, and how that impacts us, how that impacts our children, how that impacts to have our sons uh, and our fathers, and now daughters and mothers who are going into this penal system and what that penal system is going to do. Uh, and so we need to discuss that in a way that can be constructive. And that's what we did. So the very basic concern for the Black Reality Think Tank, which is the one that we do here on Tuesday night, is to look at the black family and how to do that. And what is the black family? The black family is a woman, a man, and their offspring. That's all it is. And then obviously there are extended portions of that. Uh, and we look at those grandparents, great-grandparents, and so forth. But mainly, it's a mother, a father, and the children. And right now, in our system of things, and where we've come from historically, uh, that has been destroyed. Slavery was designed to destroy that institution. And not only just uh, destroy it for the time, destroy it eternally. It was a system that was put in place to make sure that it never rebounds and that things are interjected all the time uh, that will continually destroy the black family. It's not only just economics. Economics is, you know, a major part of that. You know, obviously, you got to make a living. got to have food, clothing, and shelter. That requires economics. <clears throat> but other things, how we see each other, how do men see women? How do women see men? How do the children see the man and the woman, the mother and the father interaction with each other? Because how they see that, they are going to do themselves. Uh, what is the wholeness of the family? What is it like for a woman to have to try to raise four kids by herself with no man in the house? What is it like to see a man uh, have to try to raise his kids would not to have that mother, that maternal system in place? What is it like uh, to be able to see a grandmother or a great-grandmother have to try to raise their grandchildren because her, his, her daughter or her 
daughter-in-law or a son or a son-in-law is in the penal system, uh, deceased, or either in a capacity where they cannot take care of themselves nor their children. And so that's kind of been the journey uh, of our history, and it's not definitely not conclusive. You know, we have, we've got some wonderful stories of strong families that stand up and fight. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ones now and some of the little settled things that's being done, you know, to disrupt the black family. And so tonight we are going to talk about a, a situation that's kind of been very popular uh, over the last, uh, I guess, year. I had been introduced uh, to um, the concept of what we're, we're going to discuss by my very good friend who is the host, who's going to be hosting most of the program tonight, and I'll be questioning her and coming in, but uh, on a brother. And I want to make sure, I want to say right now, uh, we're going to be talking about a philosophy or process or a platform that has been used by a brother named Kevin Samuels. We all, we all know him. We, many of us have heard of that. And he is deceased, and we do honor that. The program is not about Kevin Samuels. It's about the philosophy of those uh, ideas that he promotes or has promoted, and others, and others as well. There are some other ones that are doing that. And what that means to the black family, and what is it we must understand when we hear them, and how do we carry that forward. And it's so interesting that this particular situation, I have heard some very interesting analysis coming from males and females about how they saw uh, this issue. And so tonight I thought that I would bring this to the Black Reality Think Tank. And as you know, we are a think tank. That's what we're here for. We're here to look at ideas, think about them, understand them, de decipher them, uh, sort of dissect how to be able to use this more constructively. What is it that we are hearing? What is it that we are not hearing? That's what a think tank does. And then it comes out with the possibility of an agenda sometimes or comes out with the possibility of a, of a roadmap, a plan, a system of action, motivate some people to do some things. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had super, the former superintendent of Milwaukee Public Schools talked about uh, something that you, you've heard us say on this program, those of you who are regular, said on this program many times about community schools, where he was one of the ones that started it, uh, particularly here in Milwaukee. And so we need to continue that. We need community school. We need to educate our children uh, where we are doing it privately and directly at them. And so that's kind of what we're doing tonight. And I have asked to join me uh, a young lady that you've heard here on the program before. She was on not too long ago. Her name is Lotus J. She is the CEO of uh, an organization called High Vibe Media. And High Vibe Media has been doing some marvelous things. Actually, um, when we started our broadcast here at the Black Reality Think Tank, she was already in the midst of a broadcast. And she was doing some wonderful programs and discussions just like this. Uh, she did one called um, uh, From the Male Man's Point of View. And she was getting brothers of various ages and talking about these critical issues that we're talking now, things that affect the family, uh, and, and how they impact. Her name is Lotus J. She is from Detroit. I'm sorry, Detroit. <laughs> she is from Dallas, Texas, and uh, she has uh, been on our program uh, many times. She has a, 
a wonderful website. I'm going to let her tell you all about that. She has a program in place. She is getting ready to go back on the air, which from a man's perspective, man's point of view, and let her talk a little bit about that as well. But here, we're here tonight to talk about that philosophy that we are hearing uh, consistently on uh, YouTube and all the places. And that YouTube, man, I'm telling you, that boy, you got some stuff on there <clears throat> that I don't know. But anyway, we're not here to talk about YouTube. We want to talk about the philosophy that comes out of that. And we welcome your opinion and your comments. Uh, nobody is wrong. I mean, you got your idea. That's your idea. And that's what we are going to uh, do tonight. So with that, let me introduce you to my sister, uh, Miss Lotus Day. But one, well, one other housekeeping matter I just want to say that right now I'm, I'm, we're good. I don't hear any problems. Uh, remember your microphones. If you're on telephone, it's very sensitive. We can hear you in the background. It's any movement whatsoever. So we'd like you to please, if you could, mute your phones until you call. And then after that, you can open up and we can begin to talk. So with that, uh, Sister Lotus, how are you doing tonight? I am really good today. Thank you so much, Dr. Rogers, for the invitation yes. to sit with you um, on the show today. I, I was, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Okay, great, great. So mm -hmm. listen, why don't you, first of all, just give us a little quick brief background of what you have been doing along this line, the kind of platforms that your organization has been trying to create to do some of these same kind of things that we are doing here at the Black Reality Think Tank and uh, like I said, I got a lot of the ideas from you because you had started first. Okay, okay. Okay, go right ahead and tell well, us a little bit about that. Well, um, so I, I have a background in, uh, I'm a pastor's daughter, so I've worked very closely with the youth at our church when I was um, there in Milwaukee. And I've always paid very close attention to, I'm a people watcher. And I'm very intrigued with the way people treat each other. And so I've always paid very close attention to the dynamics of the relationships between um, men and women. And not just from the vantage point of an intimate, you know, this is my relationship, my man, my woman, but just kind of like a bird's eye view and the way that they interact, the way that they talk to each other, exchange and all of that. So I've always been intrigued with that. Um, I did have a, a network, High Vibe, High Vibe Media Group, and we had several talk shows. And the one um, that I hosted, two of the ones that I hosted, one was The Black and the Berry, where we did topics very close to the Black Reality Think Tank topics. And then the other one was A Man's Point of View which was really intriguing to me because I was like a moderator with four gentlemen, like you were saying, different ages, different backgrounds. One was married, one was divorced, one was single. Um, and I forget what the other one was, but a good range and me. And what the reason that I wanted to do that show is because I've always had a very good um, interaction with males and just the being able to really understand them. And the more I would hear my male friends talk, and eventually you become, when you have good relationships and you understand, you kind of become a fly on the wall, which is really healthy, because then you get to see the real inside once they get comfortable with you. And the more I paid attention, I'm seeing common denominators in conversations and concerns that 
our brothers had with our sisters and how it impacted relationships. So that's where I am now. And and I'm very um, committed to um, the re, the the revising of the the institute, the respect of the black family. And I think we've lost it along the way and that's what we need to do is kind of look at how we got here. How did we lose it? Because we weren't always like this. So what happened from here until now? So that's where I am now. Okay, great, beautiful. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I, I, I definitely think that you, you did that. I remember several programs that I watched over the, the months uh, with the men and even getting to the point of knowing some of the brothers personally. Uh, which was very, very good and, and exciting. Okay, let's get started in this conversation. Let's, let's, now, you had given me several clips that you wanted to play, and you let me know whenever you're ready. Uh, I can do those as to introduce your question, talk, and what you're going to say. But let me start off with this question. Um, we know, and most of our guests here on the Black Reality Think Tank know the, uh, the condition uh, uh, that we African people have, have traveled in this country. You know, we, we know the James Weldon Johnson, uh, Stony the Road we try, and Bitter has been the chastening rod. We know that history. And along that is a long, bloody path of things. We know what was happened uh, to Africans in the enslavement system and how that disrupted uh, everything that we had coming from the continent. And a lot of times we were forced to get and to adapt to the Western way of things which was definitely uh, not good for our inner spirit of self and who we are and what we did, right on up from the having a child to how you have a child uh, and to raising and obviously uh, developing that child to manhood and womanhood. So we know that path. So we, we, we won't kill a lot of time talking about that because we know that history. But here's what I want to ask first. How do we know or how do you know? Because that's been a hard hard course of action. How do you know that there's a possibility that we can change that, uh, disrupt that terrible behavior and things that happen, and begin to make it so that men and women can build more wholesome relationships? Because, see, it, the thing is, and I want you to add this into your uh, analysis, is that it didn't stop. You know, it's perpetual. Uh, and um, and that process is still going on as we see on television, YouTube, Facebook, uh, there are places like that, the motion pictures, the songs, the records, uh, you know, that's that's still disrupting black family stuff. So how do you think, how, what possibly um, makes you think that we can change that? What will do it from your perspective? Okay, so I am a person who is faith-based okay. um, that has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with me knowing that as people of African descent, we can always get back to our center. Mm-hmm. It just takes discipline and it takes, it take it needs to take commitment and it needs to take a desire. And the first thing that we have to do is stop lying to ourselves. And we have to understand that there's been some trickery. And once we can see that, it, it, it takes discipline because we may have to give up some things that we've gotten comfortable with. And um, 
we bought into a system. So we've gotten lazy. We've gotten comfortable. We, we've, we've, we've been in bed with the devil. Mm-hmm. And so we've allowed that, that energy to really, I don't know if you can remember like old school movies where like there was a cloud, like a fog that would come in, mm-hmm. like a black and white movie. Right. And you can see it slowly getting ready to come in. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it kind of takes over and sweeps over. Well, we've been under an illusion that kind of happened kind of subtly, but we also saw it happening. We just didn't do anything about it. Okay. So I do think that it would take work. But when you say, how do I know that we can? Because I believe that we can do absolutely anything that we desire to do if we desire to do the work in order to get ourselves in line and that takes discipline okay okay so you got the and, and that obviously has got to deal with the home and the education system correct is that this because that's where it's got to start it's got to start in the house <clears throat> and then um am i correct i want to make sure i don't put words in your mouth it does have to start at home right it does um but to be honest with you even before you try to teach something in the home you need to go internal forget the four walls that you live in and think about that avatar that you personally live in okay because we have to do work from the inside out at me as a mother i'm gonna be honest with you because you know i'm a very honest person transparent i have to do the work on myself before i'm even in position to teach my children anything because just like you were saying they watch us so if, if, if I'm saying one thing, but I'm living something different, well, then I'm, this is a state of confusion. Okay. So we have to start with ourselves individually, even before we can we can get it together as parents, which is why it's so important to do the work before you even become a parent. But we're here. So that's just what it is. So now do we, what do we do? Okay. But, but we have to take a look on the inside first because I'm not equipped to help anybody with anything when i'm in the airplane when i was just leaving milwaukee what did they tell me if, if something happens to the plane you got to put on your own mask first before you even try to help your child because it ain't nothing you can do for your baby if you did right okay that's true all right so it starts inside i like that it starts right. there and then it obviously moves forward okay exactly so knowing that as we look around us at some of the things that are coming at uh, the black family, obviously very clearly economics. I think about a lot of those studies that were done um, uh, after slavery. They did a lot of studies on the black family. Uh, one was called the Negro Project. Uh, that was done mm-hmm. by Margaret Sangler at the beginning mm-hmm. of organizing the, the Planned Parenthood. Uh, and then there was another one done called the American Dilemma. Uh, by mm-hmm. the Swedish sociologists who came in and looked at the black family. Then going toward the 60s, there was another one done. Patrick Monaghan did one where he said the black family was pathological. So with all of those assessments, you know, it has been programmed somehow or the other by, by those that officiate and control that we are pitiful, that we can't. That's why I asked you that question first, because that we can't change. Uh, it's pathological. And then W-2 came uh, and even added more to that. It says that our brains weren't able to understand. So that's what's working at us. A lot of, uh, you know, suggestive power moves 
from outside is doing that. But like you said, you've got to start with inside first. So then mm-hmm. why then, if that's the case, why then are we falling or succumbing to uh, some of this uh, electronic stuff that we see that's uh, definitely destroying us? Uh, Love and Hip Hop, uh, Atlanta Housewives, um, uh, MTV videos, and I remember when BET videos, that is destroying our children, you know, and, and the songs that are being created and they are doing. And then obviously leading up to what we want to talk about tonight is with this brother. Uh, and like again, I said, I want to say this to our audience again, this is not about the, the, the brother himself. Uh, he is deceased. We uh, provide our condolences to his family. Uh, and hopefully he rests in peace. Uh, that's not what we're here to talk about here, but that, that the kind of philosophy that he offers. So where is that philosophy coming from? Where is that? What is it that you see in our system that makes somebody think that it's okay uh, for a woman to let a man have a side chick? And some of those kind of ideas that we hear. And we want to talk about more of those concepts like that. Why, why is that necessary? We, 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 the culture uh, doesn't uh, augment that kind of behavior. So what do you think? Let us know that. And then obviously we want to ask our audience in a little bit about what they think about how that works. Okay, so you want to address, um, so are we talking about the show where he brought the concept of Hold on, just one minute. Let me let me sound off one of these. Okay, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. We had some interference. Ready? Go right ahead. Okay, so are you um, wanting to address the the conversation that he was having as it relates to um, women, black women of a certain age? Well, not black women, but he does focus in on black women. Right. Um of a certain age group that where he's saying they need to prepare themselves to share a man is that is that the one that you want to address well, well i honed in on that one because what i've been doing is i've been trying to, to 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 paint the picture of the yellow brick road uh and what we're traveling on and uh to, to lead mm-hmm. up to that one point uh to the point of where we are now uh where mm-hmm. we are having these discussions as male and females and some of the things that mm-hmm. are being said uh, in, in terms of relationship building that a lot of people feel it doesn't make any sense, you know, mm-hmm. and some people feel mm-hmm. it does make sense. And so uh, I want to lead, I'm trying to lead up to that okay. point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so the thing with, with Kevin Samuels that makes him so intriguing and I'm so appreciative of you setting the tone. This is not about anybody bad, badgering anyone. No, That's not... not this, this is not what this conversation is about. It's just to um, dialogue about his philosophy and, and, and his his way of thinking and his following and, and what does that mean. So, um, okay, so for people who may not be that familiar, um, Kevin Samuels is a gentleman who's 56 years old who transitioned uh, last week. Um, he tagged himself as a relationship guru he had a very good following on several different platforms. Um, a, bro- a young brother, about 56, 57, sharp dresser, image consultant, married, divorced twice, one child, um, according to the information that I've 
seen, read, and heard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the thing that makes him so intriguing is he speaks to a particular market of people. He speaks to women. His target market was women, primarily late 20s to mid 30s, which is a very short market, which is this is what he said. However, the brother was extremely intelligent in his marketing and the way that he did his business because he obviously reached a lot of people, but he zoned in on that group, but it trickled over. And what he was doing is spreading this conversation. I'm sorry? No, it's just some interference coming in from... Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought I didn't know if you were trying to get my attention. But but what he's done is introduce these concepts and he put some real legitimate uh, thinking points on the table. Here's an example. The one that you just brought up. So one of the shows and maybe you can we can we can listen to the clip and I'll kind of set it up and then and maybe we can listen to it and then discuss it. But one of the shows, the one you're referring to is He's telling young women, if you are between the ages of 26 and over, or no, at 35, you need to consider, if you want a man, you need to prepare to share him, because that's just what it is. Because men have, if you want a certain caliber of man, and he speaks to, the term that he uses is high-value men. And what he says a high-value man is a, a man who is making at least six figures, um, doesn't have any children um, and generally has a, 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 a career that is upwards. He's advancing in his career. So those are the those are the men that women have been kind of after. And he's acknowledging this. And so now he what he would do is put the conversation on the table. Okay, brothers, y'all need to understand that you are now the ones who are in pursuit. So use your power. So he's gotten a group of men that really buy into this whole thing of, all right, so I'm the man, you need to bend towards what I want, and I have a very short uh, order form, and you need to be checked off this list. So he really convinces women that if they have passed 35, they have missed their prime. So... If you pass that, you're not going to get a man that's any good unless you want to share that man. And that's the conversation. So if you want to play that clip, I don't know if you have that ready. Yeah, it's ready. Which one and is it? Uh, talk about it? You gave me two. Which one do you want? That one is the first one, the one that you referred to. The one about um, BS? That was the, the, the BS one? Or the one about... Um, let me, okay, let me... You want me, to, you want me to tell you the title of it? No, uh, yeah, well, you gave me two. One says, uh, Kevin Samuel calls BS, tells woman don't something, and then the other one is Sean Bodie, Booty, or something like that. The, the one that says BS, that one. Okay, all right. I think that's the right one. If not, we'll adjust. It's okay. Okay, all right. So, ma'am, okay. according, to yeah, but- according to what you're saying, the facts, the data, the statistics call bullshit. 
That's number one. Number one, number two, if black men aren't capable of leading or doing anything, then don't say jack shit when he gets a white woman. Because you must be saying he's an inferior leader. Yeah, don't I never worry about it when Maria comes okay. along. We, we, I, okay. I let I didn't interrupt what you were saying. I'm just saying 54% of black men are single and childless, 61% in the middle class. The average black man earns 42,000. The average white man earns 51,000. There is more than $9,000 difference between how the average white woman treats the average black man. But all we hear from black women is you ain't proven to us that you should be leading in this. You ain't that, that. And the numbers say wrong. 2.5 million black men in the upper class. Y'all aren't following nobody, black or other. So if you don't want to follow black men because they haven't proven to you, why do you have anything to say when Maria, Marisol, Myling, or Becky gets with the black men who ain't proven nothing to you? Yeah, I don't, I don't really care about black men dating outside of their race. I feel like you could go do whatever you deem responsible for yourself or whatever makes you happy. But my only issue with that is when you come back in bash. So here's the thing. I don't date outside my race. I just don't. I don't care how much strife and struggle we go through with black men there. I'm just not, that's just not my forte. I believe that. Black I, I just want to, I just want to change one point. I just want to change one okay. point and I'll back up. I'm not talking about dating. I'm talking about marriage. Oh, well, see, that's the thing is it, I, everybody wishes that they could be married, but men are the one who, ones who propose. We're not like, do you think we don't try to be married? We yeah, put in all okay. of the I don't know if you watch my content. I don't know if you watch my content, ma'am. I don't know if you watch my content, but I don't, oh, really I don't do. know if you watch my, but, but what you're saying is we've heard it for 18 months. You don't try. You don't stay. 56% divorce rate in the black community and 80% of those divorce actions are initiated by women. Because we're getting abused a lot. I mean, you know even that? if I see, and see, this is, guys, and what I need you guys to understand, this is the same shit that's been, so offense, man. This is the same propaganda that's been pushed into the black community for my entire life. It doesn't hold up, ma'am. Even if I said half of the divorce filings were for the worst treatment, that would still mean four out of 10 divorces filed for what? Irreconcilable differences. I'm not happy. It just doesn't stand up to the numbers. And, and what you, what, and black men get tired of hearing women like yourself with these things basically painting the worst black men you take whatever traumas that you may have survived and you paint us all with one brush no 54 percent of black men single and childless fully 16 percent of black men are responsible for 80 percent of the kids and you'd say black men do this no the black men you fucking make babies with do fuck shit Okay, so where are the rest of them? Not getting fucked and married. Not getting fucked, not getting married until you have already fucked up your life. Then you want us to come to to your kids. No, not all of them. That's what they are. Okay, so... That's um, what they are. You don't want to marry the the, the squares, the lames, and everything else until you done shit out Pookie and Ray Ray's bastard-ass kids. No, see, listen. And then y'all also think that being the nice guys, that's the bare minimum. Being a nice person is what you should be. They always say the nice well, guy. Well, if, if, if that's the bare minimum, what your that's the bare minimum. What if that's the bare minimum, what if that's the bare minimum? What is the sixteen percent of these dudes making eighty percent? 
are the kids? Well, that has being a nice guy at the bare minimum. What are they? If the sixteen percent who are making eighty percent of the kids, they're beneath the guys who are doing the bare minimum. Where are they? See, you what you what we do in this community, and it's being shown. That's why I'm so, so glad there are more black channels opening up with more black people having a conversation, men and women. And women are actively talking about, yeah, we say we want the nice guy, but we really want Tupac in the suit. We want Clark Kent and Superman to all be the same dude. And we only come to this realization after we've evacuated our womb with somebody else's kids. We don't get we don't come to this realization when we're young childless and able to be worked with. We come to you with issues, drama, trauma, and you expect the guy who didn't make those babies to stand in the gap with you. And if he don't, he's a sellout. Bullshit. Um, so, I mean, I'm always say something about the 16 to 80 thing. Like, they make up these numbers. I think that's not necessarily. I don't think that's verified. I don't at care all. if it's. I don't care if it's. It's precise. The problem I mean, is thirty percent of black men are married, fifty four percent of single and childless. We do know that in Memphis, three they, men had eighty seven children. We do know that. We know that's more. Anybody? Most men don't have most. What we do know is the things we hear talked about on the panels aren't the men you see every day walking around. No. They're the. They're the. They're the outliers. They're not the norm. They're not fifty one percent of black men. So, um, Kevin, can Jonathan? Res- I think Jonathan had something to say to you, real quick, or respond to somebody. No, I just, I was just gonna say, like, I, I think doing there, something, Jonathan. You know, I think okay. there's a lot of tropes about black men and understandings about like this idea of patriarchy that that aren't true. And I think one of the key the key points, at least like over here in like academia, that we talk about all the time. It's just that black people need to come up with new terms and new ideas and new understandings that look at their own experience instead of adopting these other understandings that are not for us to begin with. So like, for example, so example, for example, when we talk about patriarchy, black men specifically in the United States, it, it doesn't necessarily apply because we because when we got here we weren't considered human. Then after that we were considered boys. Then after that we were considered super predators. Then now we're considered Pookie and Ray Ray. So there's right. never been a point in the in the history of the U.S. where we've been considered men in this in this context other than other than manhood being self affirmed. That's why you had men in the '60s with signs saying "I am a man." Right, because we had to affirm that for ourselves. So this idea that we're sitting up trying to be like white men or like trying to oppress women, ah, and then in sociology when we talk about patriarchy as well, one of the key components of patriarchy is actually protecting the women of your group. And so if there are men raping women, if there are men abusing women, that actually goes against the ideals of patriarchy as defined by the term. Right. So, so like those are some of the things that we're talking about. Now, I'm not saying that like dudes don't abuse women because they do. We know that. I'm not saying that dudes don't need to work on themselves because they do. We know that. But we need to come up with more terms and more ways of understanding black men than just what we've been, what we've been taught. And that's like my, my, that's the only point I have. Yeah, I'm just into that because I have two sons. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like I look at all black men.
Okay. Um, Sister, Sister Lotus, I, I want to do this. Normally our process is we open toward the end of the line, so I want to do that earlier. So I want you to, if you could, uh, would summarize what we just heard, and then I'm going to open the lines right after you do that to see some of the input before we go to the next clip that you gave us. Is that good? Is that all with you? Sure, sure. Okay, all right. So why don't you give okay, us a so little summary of what of what was said? Okay, so that one is different than the than the one where you know. Um, but this is good because what we're listening to is him open up the door to the conversation of the way black men feel, black women look at them, and based on that, he's saying that there's been so much conversation about black men ain't shit, right? This is this is a term that floats around and so many people have bought into this and what he's saying is, okay, if you black women don't feel like black men are really worth anything, then don't be don't care. Leave us alone when we go and uh connect with a woman of a different race. But the sisters are saying, but hold on. And even the other brothers, he's saying, the conversation is, but wait a minute. We got here some kind of way, right? So if black men never had the opportunity to even be seen as a real man, even in the eyes of his woman, going back to, like you said, to slavery and how we were conditioned and how a, a woman could be in front of her man with her husband in the bed with him and a slave master or somebody come in get her out the bed and take him and she looking at him like he can't protect her and and he can't there's nothing he can do so what he's saying is out the gate black men have been painted to be less than a man but other nationalities don't have that same story other women don't have that same story with black men because that's not their foundation so to another woman of a different race he represents something different and not it's not painted the same so that's the background to that clip okay all right so good all right let's let's go to the line and see what the audience has to say uh, on this um uh, you know the black reality think tank has an ambassador and i dr bridges bruce bridges and i talked earlier and he was going to make some calls to people who had been interested in this topic so, Dr. Bridges, you probably know who they are, so maybe you might want to just see uh, what's out there and call on those folks if possible. So, Dr. Bridges, are you there? Dr. Bridges, are you there? Dr. Bruce Bridges, are you there? Is Mike, your mic might be muted. Okay, I guess he's not there. All right. Um, Brother Herbie, how are you doing tonight? Good evening, Dr. Rogers, and good evening to your guest. How you, doing? You for How, you doing? How you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for gracing us with your presence and your knowledge and your passion. Thank you. Thank you. As, as far as that conversation and that gentleman, Mr. Sanders and everything, what we have to remember is that White people never brought us here for our own benefit. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything right. that they brought us here to serve them and to perpetuate their well-being. 
and everything they did was to destroy our well-being, male and female, children included. So we both come from a history of abuse, oppression, and misuse. Mm -hmm. Now, we have to deal with that before we can deal with relationships. We have to heal ourselves mm -hmm. and learn to be ourselves before we can be of any value to anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. That's our biggest problem, is being what we, what, what God or nature, whatever you want to call it, intended us to be, what we were before we were brought here. Right. So we're not dealing with a relationship with another woman, we're dealing with a relationship with ourselves. Sure. Knowing who we are and what we're supposed to be. Mm. And mm -hmm. what black men do and what black women do under this oppressive situation, they do more harm to themselves than they do to anybody else. Because you've never been taught to be a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Every time you acted like a man or a woman, you were punished. Show mm -hmm. mm -hmm. any signs of family and connection, you were punished. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, you know, that's basically the way I see it. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you so much. That's an excellent analysis, and you, you're absolutely right from the way I see it as well. Uh, Sister Lotus, what do you think? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really glad that he even brought that up because I think that that's one of the most important pieces to this puzzle because what we're talking about is the masculine and the feminine energy. And so um, that's really one of my focal points. Um, I'm a spiritual coach. My company, again, is High Vibrations Holistic Hub, and that's spelled out exactly as it says. And I do classes on the feminine energy, right, and, and becoming a lotus. And what that is is helping specifically women to be able to tap into the feminine energy, which is different from just being a female. It's what, what we've seen is, black women and black men are simultaneously dealing with each other from a broken state right so if if my if i'm in a female body um and and i am a, let's say i'm in a female body and i'm a single parent right i'm a single mother there's no male in the house generally speaking we attach the responsibility of the male with our survival the provision the protection so if I'm, a, if I'm a female in the house, I have children, no man, I'm forced to do those things, which causes me to have to suppress my feminine energy a little bit. My feminine energy is that energy that's more nurturing. It's more in tune with the family. It's more catering to the family. It's the softer you know, side of the, the person. The masculine is the egoic side, the one that, that is the provider, it's the worker, it's the, and we all have both. 
But if I'm not, I don't have a male in the house with me. I don't have anybody to help balance me out, right? So I'm forced to operate and, and deal with both roles, the masculine and the feminine, the male, the provider, the protector of my children. I have to keep that hat on. So when I'm with a man, I'm forced to keep switching back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Because we have to get, I, I, I'm in my survival mode. That's the masculine. So I haven't been given the opportunity as a woman, and this is the story of so many of our sisters, haven't been given the opportunity that so many um, women of other races have been given just to be able to be in our, in our feminine energy. Just be soft. Just be catering to our families and the intuition and the wisdom and the, the, the teaching and the, the cultivating. And I don't get that opportunity because I'm out here doing the job of what I was told is the responsibility of my counterpart, but he's not here. Right. So now right. when you see me, you play me like I'm too hard, like I'm too aggressive, like I'm, but I've not had anybody here to fill in those roles. So we are simultaneously not working with each other because I'm as a black woman and I'm hearing the conversations in, in the air of people and, and black men ain't this and they not that and blah, 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 blah. And if this is my experience at home because nobody is here and then this is what the TV says, this is what video says, we're buying into the narrative. Right, right. So that's what that's what's happening uh, in that discussion that we heard on the clip, is that what's going on? Buying into the narrative. Buying it, okay, great. Let me move on because mm -hmm. this time is going to go so fast. Uh, let me go to another caller. Um, uh, Dr. Bridges, is that you, 0288? Because I've been trying to call you and get an answer. Dr. Bridges. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go to 919224. Um, um, Nine one nine two two four. You just listening, or you have a comment, suggestion? Yes, yes, yes. Hello. Yes, hello. I heard everything what they say, but I'm from the Caribbean, and we raise our kids, you know, just like they take the principal out of school, you know. Right. Back in my country, the Caribbean, you go to school. And you have to obey the teacher. And if you go home and tell the, your parents what the teacher do, they still beat your butt. But in America, they don't, the kids, you don't beat the kids no more. Right. They don't do that. They take the prisoner to school. You got to say praise in the morning when you go to school. But what they say, you know, mostly a woman in the house, you have Adam and Eve. Adam were here first. And then that prevents Eve. But what I got to say, what I got to say, the last caller that talking there, she's a provider for the house. She do the man and the woman work. But most of the time, when two parties meet together, they do a better job. Yeah, that's true. They do a better job. But right here, the woman and them, some of them don't want no man. They said they could do it alone. But I don't think it's right, you know. Okay. Most, a lot of single women live alone, you know. And they will tell you, playing out, I don't need no man. But Adam never tell, 
say they don't need a woman because God provided him a woman, right? Right. And then, you know, what the lady saying, see, you know, she provides, but I know when two parties together, it's stronger. But some people can't make it by themselves. It's hard, you know. So that's what I listen pretty good to what you said. Right. So, okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate that call. Um, yes, yes, yes. 919 224. 919 224. Not answer. Okay. Um, Brother Lush, 414. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Brother Lush, 334 414. Good evening. Good evening, Dr. Rogers. And good evening, Sister Lotus. How are you? Um, I'm this good. is Teddy from Montgomery, Alabama. Um, look, I'm going to. Um, uh, sidestep uh, uh, myself, so to speak, and, and hear other callers on this. I think that uh, we could talk other times, but for right now, I'll just listen in and uh, see what goes on from there. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Right. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, okay, um, let's go to uh, Fort Worth, Texas, 817-378. Are you listening, or would you like to make a comment? Just listening? Okay. Uh, for the quasi crab. Warriors wait. Hey. Hey, how's it going, Dr. Roger? Very good. How and, you doing? Uh, hello, sister sister Lotus. How you doing? Great here I'm doing great. I, I, I love what you're saying. I, I you know, one one thing that um, just feel good hearing you say when you said uh, uh, meeting someone to help balance you out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was pretty powerful, uh, and, and I guess that's something that should start that journey and that relationship once you get together. And so many people uh, they miss out on that based on how they meet and so forth. But uh, I really that that was really something. And just you just saying, like most women, and I know uh, in my life growing up, uh, the the things my parents went through when they separated and. My mother had to uh, play different roles and so forth. But during, but during those times and so forth, you know, there were things said uh, that uh, made me look at things or, or, or things that I've witnessed. Uh, you know, I mean, just men need to work on themselves. And that mm-hmm. is uh, so true. But it seems like, you know, just listening to, and I haven't listened to this uh, um the, the late uh, Kevin Samuels uh, and so this is my first time kind of hearing about him and uh, just some of the things I have heard since I've been listening uh, the last couple of days and so forth it doesn't seem like from a lot of the conversations that a lot of men are taking accountability about themselves as well you know mm-hmm. just from what I'm listening to and not to be wrong mm-hmm. but just from what I've heard so far so mm-hmm. you know, I'll just shut up and just listen from this point okay Thank you so much, Brother Kwasi. As <laughs> Sister Lotus, what a, you know, that was a, uh, a Facebook post um, online today. It may have been there yesterday as well. Uh, it's from a brother in Milwaukee, Brother Derek Rogers. He was commenting on uh, this whole situation, and I think it was a very profound statement. But one of the things that he did that I really liked, he incorporated, along with what Kevin Samuel was saying, 
some of the work of some of the other folk who are just as uh, uh, potent in terms of uh, destroying black family image as, as some of the language that he felt was coming from uh, Brother Samuel. And that was um, people like Maury Pavic, Pavlik, um, and some mm -hmm. of the stuff he's doing, um, you know, with don't know who the baby's daddy is and they're giving the test. Mm -hmm. Everybody's standing around waiting for the results, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Comment mm -hmm. on that. Is, that. is that also a part of this discussion as well? Um, I think it's I think it's part of the discussion of um I think it's a little different. I have a problem with that too because I think it's all a part of capitalizing off of the struggles in the black community, it's specifically the black family. But the thing with Kevin Samuels is to be honest with you, I actually can agree with a lot of what the brother says. Not everything. What, what, which brother? Clearly Kevin, not Sam everything. Kevin Samuels? Kevin Samuels. Okay. Yes. However, I still think the, the most triggering thing to me is the fact that the way he delivers, you know, the, the fact that he is capitalizing and he, well, not he is, he was capitalizing and making a living off of the way he treated women, black women specifically, in a very demeaning way which is similar to what um, Who's the Baby Daddy show is. You know, it, right. it's almost like making a joke out of the struggles of black women as it relates to relationships. But I did want to go back and revisit what one of the other callers said. I, I, don't, I don't want it to appear at all. There are so many black women who don't want the role of having to fill in both spots. They don't. It's not most black. Most of the of the ladies that I know, they are not running around here saying they don't need a man. They don't want a man. Matter of fact, I personally don't know one that that is their position. They don't need a man. They don't want a man. Not one. Not one. But what we are in is a is a situation where we have to deal with the cards that we've been dealt. So it's not so much we don't want them. It's just a simple fact that okay, so if he's not here, what do I do? Yeah. And and that's the struggle that black women are faced with because the when he's not here, what do I do? That causes you to, in in the words of many, put your big girl panties on. But what does that mean? Almost means you got to operate in your masculine energy. You got to suck it up and you got to get out here and you, you got to get it. And then it's not that easy when you out here facing the world. And then you come back and you it, it's not that easy to for me to just fall into this submissive role because you hadn't been here. So it's not that that's not what we want. It's just that we need balance in each other. And that starts with dealing with the trauma in the black family to begin with. And we cannot keep regurgitating the same thing over and over again. It, it, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same results. We're not dealing with the real issues that we have as 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 um opposites in the black family we're not dealing with it okay we're not dealing with the real conversations of the poison that we've been fed like you said through the media and you know videos and songs we're not dealing with that right that's exactly right exactly right and obviously it, it, it had, this has more impact on younger people uh, uh 17 18 year olds who are happen to be parents uh, they are parents, and they are bringing babies into the world, uh, and uh, they have not been taught some of the things that they're going to encounter. Uh, 
you know, mm-hmm. in the way that, you know, uh, going into motherhood at 18 years of age is doing it. It's mm-hmm. not that you can't do it, but usually in the past when it was done, there was a community that came together right. and grabbed that child and the mother and did some nurturing uh, in right. the community. But that's gone now. That's gone. So mm-hmm. somewhere there's some more strategy. And one of our one of our listeners just said something very profound, uh, texting it. It's so true. The, the deal with a lot of this is that there's a lot of money to be made on suffering and some of the things that we are seeing going on. Uh, there, there are programs that they pay a lot of money to to teach parenting that don't teach parenting, but they just say they teach parenting. Mm-hmm. There, there's money in the community to do some of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And then, like he said in his quote, even homelessness, that's good money in, mm-hmm. in providing for the homeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make money, drug and alcohol stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of money in that. And people mm-hmm. jump on it. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, I mean, let's be honest, you know, even though they're attacking it, they really don't want it in because they, they need to keep getting that, those funds. It's cash time. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's what's happening in the black family uh, in a lot of Well, cases. that's definitely what's happening because it's the cash cow. The reality shows, the music videos, the songs that's played, very rarely do you get stuff that push a positive image of black women specifically. And, and then, when, did, when have you last seen healthy um, images of the black family? Yeah. If anything, now you may see a lot of biracial commercials a lot of shows where you know there may be a a, a, a gay or lesbian couple you know but just a, a a good show that highlights highlights a successful black family yeah that's right i don't i yeah. don't see it and i, 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 I don't i've always it. believed that that was some of the attack on the on cosby not to say he didn't do or did do what he did uh but cosby was supposedly a positive image of black life, um, exactly. And uh, but that boy, I mean, that went out the door uh, when mm-hmm. some of that stuff popped, jumped up. That was doing. Mm-hmm. But that's that's another discussion for another day. All right, listen. Lord well, Lord. it is, but but then but then, Doc. To, to be honest with you, it's really because if we had enough balance, we could afford for one of them to take a hit because we got another ten of them out here. Right. But if that's the only one we have. And all the rest of the shows that have that carry so much weight are shows that show the destruction of the black family. Well, that is why it's important. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Let's uh, take a break. We're at the top of the hour. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and listen to your clip too uh, and uh, move into that, see what that says. This one seems like it's really, okay. really this one seems like it's really interesting. Uh, so we want to uh, listen to that. But first, let's uh, let's take a break, and then I want to ask, uh, so you can maybe start preparing your your, your thoughts, uh, Lotus. Is that um, okay? We we know all of this. So, what are some steps that we can make to begin to correct some of this? You ain't gonna correct all of it. I know that. I'm not suggesting that. I just want to know what are some beginning, immediate steps that we can take, like we talked about in terms of education, we might need to start community schools. That's something small, first step effort. What are some of the things in addressing this black family disruption of male and female? What are some steps? 
and, and some of we may already be doing, but I just want to make sure we're making that very clear. So let's take a break, and then we'll come back, get you to answer that question, and then go to that clip, too. Thank you. Sounds good. Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Urgent Care Clinic Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call for an appointment at 414-988-3079. Finley Medical Clinic is accepting new patients. Vaccines and screenings for uninsured, underinsured, and insured. Located at 10721 West Capitol Drive, Suite 110. Call our office for an appointment today at You are listening to Black Reality Think Tank with host Dr. William Rogers. On time for an awakening media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Okay, we're back, sisters and brothers. Uh, Sister Lotus, I tell you one thing, uh, we need to return to some of that music like my girl, and <laughs> that'll make us be a little bit <laughs> warming to each other. Uh, and that's I, the problem right there. That's right. And that, that's a, that's another one I love called Stuck on You by Lionel Richie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a personal joke. Okay. Uh so anyway, uh let's uh let's go and um maybe have you just a little bit uh uh, uh look at you do you want to go to clip 2 now? Well, we can talk about you were asking some steps and then we can go okay, to clip Okay, yeah. Two. Okay, right. Okay, go ahead. Go right ahead. So, I think um the most 
important thing in every area of life is we have to get back to looking at ourselves. We have to. We have to. Women have to own it. We have to own the way that we have bought into the narrative that the world has pitched us about black men. Black men need to own it. The fact that they have, a lot of us have been left kind of high and dry. And, you know, then when you come back and we're a little hardened, because we, we raised a couple of children by ourselves, it's not as easy for us to fall into that role because we don't know if you're going to leave us hanging again. But we have to, we have to do some, some work on ourselves as individuals. So that's one of the things. The second thing is one of the things that I really do appreciate about the platform that Kevin Samuels built, I, I'm, I'm happy that he, he was a voice for what so many black men felt. I really am because I don't think that they've had a platform. I don't think that we've done a good enough job at listening to the concerns that men, specifically black men, have in relationships. It's always about women and what they think about relationships. But we're not gonna have healthy relationships if we're not simultaneously listening to what the man needs. And then we gotta talk about it, you know, on both sides and we gotta meet somewhere, you know, and, and make the family comfortable, but we gotta be willing to look at ourselves. So, and then the third thing is, is that I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, of uh, getting some coaching, you know, because men as well as women need to be comfortable with, with tapping into their feminine energy. That's, that's the safe place for the black man, being able to be in touch with his emotions and how he's feeling, knowing that it's okay for him to express that to his woman or a, a circle of friends where they could talk about it because the only emotion men, specifically black men, are really able to even express is anger and laughing. I, I mean, what's safe for them? They, they're called weak if they express how they feel about what's going on in their lives. So we, we have to get back to some of those basic things, conversations. And again, um, that's what I do is, is the shadow work, which is getting back to the things that broken on the inside of me okay. i get people ask me all the time about why i'm not why i i take so long in between relationships i don't believe in bringing um drama on top of drama i don't if i cannot i need to get rid of this so i don't take it into the next situation right. but we're so trained to just bounce from one to the other without doing the work to heal okay okay i like that i like that so mm -hmm. so in other words I assume just in summarizing what you said, you, in other words, continue these platforms uh, that we have. Yes. Because I know there's a big thing I saw, you know, in, in researching for the nice discussion, there's a big thing of people were asking who's going to take his place, who's coming yeah. behind him, who's going to be the person, which means, which mm -hmm. says to me that this ain't dying out. This is not going anywhere. Not even a little bit. Yeah. So this goes, so who's the next Kevin Samuels? And, exactly. Uh, looking at that, so maybe it'd be the, from a male's point of view, you know. <laughs> Hopefully, it can be some, something like that. From your yes, point. but we but we need safe places to have men need to be able to express without being called weak because they want to talk about relationships. Why is that weak? Right. Women want women women want men to be effective listeners. Well, then we need to listen to them right. and not just based on what we want to hear, but what they actually feel. Right. And we know that there's just a lot coming at that institution. I think one of the, uh, uh, I mean, that's just a plethora of things 
that uh, do that. And we named a few of them tonight, and then we some that we haven't talked about, alcohol, for instance, drugs. Exactly. Alcohol coming into a family situation is devastating, catastrophic. Uh, we mm-hmm. know what that does. Uh, narcotics, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things we can disrupt a lot of that. So you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, so let's go to uh, your, your second clip, and then we can have you summarize it and maybe have our audience at that point uh, tell us a little bit about what they think they see you there. Okay. Okay. I think the problem that we have with talking about sex a lot is that we have two different energies. We have sex, and it's playful, it's lusty, it's exciting, it's wet, it's curious, it's fun, it's awkward, but in mm-hmm. a funny way. And then we talk about sex. And it's filled with insecurities and ego, and it's stiff, and it's competitive, and it's dry. Right? She'll probably be shocked as hell that I'm sitting down here with you. I'm sure many people would be. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know what well, they are. They haven't been listening. We don't know how to do relationship because we don't really know one another. We really are not in a place to where we understand who you are or who I am. And I think it's fascinating because it should make life a little bit interesting now because you get to learn some new stuff. Now, if you're a person that doesn't like to learn, if you like to be, those are the people who are having the problems with this whole thing. They're like, why are y'all talking about relationships all the time? Because if you're going to do something, you should want to be better at it. That's part of the reason why I wanted to sit down with you because your content is way guys on my side will look for, for women. Yes. My, my stats would say it's for women. Yeah. Yeah, I can be very clear about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, all right, so what do you think men misunderstand or misinterpret about women and sexuality? I think that men have the number one thing is that there's a very big difference in mm-hmm. that women don't have sexual desire or women aren't horny women don't experience sexual desire and fantasies the same way that they do Mm -hmm. and as a result women are supposed to be the defenders of monogamy and the protectors of purity and if she's not then she's not a good woman whereas a man has the space to be the gamut of things when it comes to a sexual person that they can be overly sexual that they can be underly sexual i mean maybe that's not true because an underly sexual man often of course also will get criticized but there is this assumption that men's sexuality is diverse and each person has their own story but women's sexuality is a monolith well as we were kind of talking before this began listening to my mother and her Friends talk about sex and sexuality. I learned quickly that that wasn't true. Then I always refer back in my college experience when I had a sorority use my condo, my townhome, for a lock-in. And I listened to my whole weekend of how these women were talking about. I was shocked. Because if a man likes a woman, it's like, hey, man, what happened with you and old girl? The less we say, the more we like you. And people are like, oh, yeah, you know, we kicked it. Okay, we don't ask further questions. Um, but when the women, I noticed they were, they would size, taste this, that, that. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I, I was shell shocked. You said that was the encouragement for you to study sex. Well, I, I'd already started. I, I, I got the Kama Sutra when I was a, you know, preteen. It was further confirmed when I was at school, and when I went back to campus on that Monday, and I'm walking around looking at all these guys. Some who thought they were ladies' men were great in bed. I'm like, oh, you have no idea what they really think about you. And I, and I, 
it made me curious. So we started talking about relationships uh, in the 90s when Shaharazad Ali's book dropped, Black Man's Guide to Understanding a Black Woman. It became a big thing for us to start talking about relationships. And from that point on, I didn't know at the time because I was still young uh, that there was such a such a disconnect. Um, but we could go on about that one forever. But I have one question. One thing I want to hear your opinion on. Uh, and my audience. Okay, uh, that's a kind of a long clip, so I just kind of stopped it there. <clears throat> give the audience a little bit of taste in you to uh, sort of give us a, a brief summary of what that means and what is it, what is it, and why you thought that would be necessary to play tonight. The reason that I thought that one was a good one, and I had a few of them, but that one, because, again, we have to stop acting like topics are taboo. Just because that's the problem. We're not talking about them. But but the world is full of people because people are out here having sex. So maybe if we stop shying away from the conversation and have healthier conversations, example, like it's a good platform that, that Kevin Samuel said to say, when men find a woman who he really likes, who they really like, they're not sharing that information. Women are different. Well, women have not been given the opportunity to be free with their with, with her sexuality as a man has been. The, the man can run around from woman to woman to woman, and he good. But then if the woman does the exact same thing, she, it's a whole different conversation. We have to balance things out and start having very real conversations in order it's an illusion because who is the, who is the man sleeping with it's the same story in the bible of of he who was without sin cast the first stone we just got to get back to a space where we're being honest about relationships and with and about how we view and see each other because if women have to walk around carrying this little porcelain doll image but then She's cheated on because she ain't a freak in the bed. You you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. Well, you and know that's, that's the problem uh, with that's that's. I'm sorry. Uh, I was gonna say that. Welcome to Western culture. Uh, that's there you what, go. That's what we inherited from this slave plantation. Uh, you know that kind of behavior. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I like what Brother Spike did, but she's got to have it. Yeah, he wanted to raise that very same point you make it, and uh, yep. and indicated not only was it was it interesting but the response of the men <laughs> who was involved in that relationship with that woman you know right so, yeah so it's a really too sad okay um mm-hmm. uh let's let's see what some thoughts uh brother marcus how you doing tonight yes doctor good evening good evening, good to evening. You. yes brother yes sir you know the fact is you know the black woman don't really need a black man in america you know the economic setup places the white man on top. Then you have the white woman. Then you have the black woman, and then the black man at the bottom. But no man is 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 responsible for another man. See, so to some degree, black men we have ourselves to blame too because we don't assert ourselves. You see. Now, in, in order for America to function, you know, it is necessary for black people to be out of their minds, see? Black men and black women, see? So this is a concerted effort. They, they must keep you crazy, <laughs> you see? Because 
<laughs> if we weren't crazy, we wouldn't put up with the foolishness which is going on. You see? So it's absolutely necessary. And I doubt it we're going to really fix our problem here. In the, because this is a nut house. Right. We're living in the nut house. So how are you going to fix yourself in the nut house? you got to either burn down the nut house, you know, like something, you know, because these people got us in a box. You know, we have been here for over 400 years. If there was any relationship to be worked out with them, we would have worked it out, you know. So these people, they, they, look, they keep us in this economic deplorable condition. Black people only control 2.02% of the U.S. economy. 50, over 50 million people living in, point, living in and 0.02% of the U.S. economy. We're bound to have problems. Yeah. We're going to have right. problems. That's you know? That's you know, y'all hopeful. Mm -hmm. I ain't hopeful. I'm like Dr. Clark. Dr. Clark, he said, you know what? The only thing that's going to remedy this is the blood of white people. I'm like Dr. Clark. Dr. Clark. The only thing going to give us some salvation, <laughs> some restitution, is when them bleed. Anyway, you take care, my brother. Right. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Mr. Lotus, you want to comment on that? Mm, no, I'm, I'm just taking it in. Do okay, you have good. any? Okay, great. I'm great. just taking it in. All right. So, hey, uh, Doc Rogers. Yes. Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Yeah. I, I, I got a question. And sure. I was just thinking, you know, um, some men or and this, and this has been, and I've heard this many times in conversations I've had with other men and stuff like that. And one of the things they say is that, you know, they want to explore and do different things with their wife. But she has let them know many a time that, you know, we ain't doing that. You better find you a white girl. And, 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 I, and, and for most of the men that I know, uh, that's one of the things that they say, you know, uh, you know, white girls gonna do this, but the black girl ain't gonna do that, you know. And uh, I guess I wanted to, uh, your thoughts on that in regards to. Uh, that's a conversation I've heard many a times, and I've had with other men. And your thoughts on that, and especially when you made the comment about, you know, the sexuality aspect and what, how people respond and stuff like that, and how women are looked upon being. Uh, not being these freaks, so to speak. Some are, and some aren't, and I don't know. Uh, just your thoughts on okay. that. Okay. Mr. Lotus, you want to answer that, respond to that? Um, I do think it's a conversation that needs to be had, and, and I think that it has to be had between those individuals, but again, we have to figure out how do we get here. And that's the pressure that's put on black women. It really is. Like, the whole find you, find you a white girl, well, I mean, when we're when we are demonized for being in touch with who we are sexually, and when we are overly sexualized with our bodies and the way that we're treated and all that kind of stuff, it will make you go in a shell and downplay that. Because if, if you're telling me that you're treating me less than because I do this, like the videos, you, you put all these videos out here with women, you know, with their booties in the air, and you know, you. The, the music that's 
out and the and the music and the videos and the the movies and the TV shows, you saturated with that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you saturated with that, but you don't respect those women, well then you robbed me of my if I am interested in exploring some areas with you. I, I don't have the liberation because I see how you talk about those women that, that are doing that with you. So it, it's the mind game to, that you, you want us to be both. You, it, and that's, again, going back to the balance of the masculine and the feminine. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you want me to be adventurous, but then you want to put me in this box and keep me like this little porcelain doll. I, it can't happen both ways like that. Okay. All right. Let me ask you this. Um a lot of those kinds of um, mores and things that involving sex uh, have been at the development of religion. Uh, religion has played a major role in um, creating the understanding we have about the natural act of having sex. Uh, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's religion at work there. Uh, uh, Christianity as well as others. What do you What do you think? about that how do you think uh that plays a role because everybody doesn't necessarily embrace religion you know because you know what religion religion says religion says don't have sex before you're married um people mm -hmm. not getting married they having babies and all that stuff without getting married um so how do you how do you get around that well okay i I think that's that's like a whole show. Okay. Religion and, and but and but it's a big one though. It's a big block, especially when you have to talk about. Sex. Oh, it's a huge. It's huge. It's huge. But what I think that we need to do is, which is the conversation I'm really interested in having. Probably, you know, I know that I'm gonna be back with you again soon. But that conversation about um, sex for real, for real, because that is the that's what that's what keeps this world going. We can't continue to demonize sex either. Because a lot of women, specifically black women, are in these shells because sex has been demonized through religion. Okay. You know? And there's power in in that. But the good thing about that is, is because a lot of us, and, and I grew up a pastor daughter, and I'm very happy because those boundaries that I was given is what helped sustain me. You know? Yeah. So it's good to have your boundaries that you need to have but you cannot be controlled by it. Okay. And so when we allow other people to tell us what is right and wrong, I mean, I am a black woman. I definitely have access to the to the creator, to God, the most high God, the right. divine, myself. I don't need other people telling me about my relationship with God. Right. So those individuals are the ones who came up with all of these rules, you know, but maybe those individuals needed those rules. That may not apply to me or, okay. or that's why we have to have our own individual relationship and not go all over the place, but we cannot be controlled by outside people. It really is no different than the same conversation with Kevin Samuels and the way we look at each other as black men and black women today because of the media. Mm-hmm. It's no different than religion telling us how we need to treat each other and respond to each other or act um, towards each other. Okay. No, we need to get an alignment. That's what we need to do. Let me ask you if this is a proper, well, I mean, any question is proper, so I, that's not the way I want to put it. Mm-hmm. But um, from your, your, your parole as a, as a woman, 
mm-hmm. and as a mother that obviously with children that you teach mm-hmm. uh, and is there a role uh, for sex outside of procreation Now, yes, there is. Okay, and what? what I is believe that? that there is. What? What is that? That's a real deep question. <laughs> I know it's a deep question, but is that the is that the helm or is that the hub of what we're talking about? Because, it really is. Yeah. Um, sex stirs up all of this. Yeah. Sex, in my opinion, is the most powerful act ever. Period. Because without it, anything you see when you open your eyes, it's not going to be there. Because it took a human to do that. Right. And that human got here because of sex. And we we most definitely minimize the power that sex has. Right. Now, yeah. I believe that what we need to do is pay closer attention to whom we are engaging with. You know, and pay attention to the more work that we put in as an individual, spiritually, in my own personal alignment, the more I can trust myself with laying down with somebody else okay but sex is powerful and and i think that that's really one of the primary reasons we are so chaotic in the world now to be honest with you because of the the power that it has men use sex to get power to get women i mean men use power to get women women use sex to get men to get power so it's all circled around the same thing. So, in other words, a role for outside of procreation is power. There are many. That's one of them. And, it, of them. and, right. it, and also, I am a co-creator with the creator. Right. So if I am, the act of sex is procreation. So anything that I do that involves that act can potentially create something. But what is it creating? It don't just have to be minimized to another to a life and a child. What what kind of energy are you putting out there when you lay down with a with a person? You don't know what's going on in their mind and what they have, what they're into. Okay. And you're stirring up that most important act that created all of this. It's power in that. Exactly. Okay. But and our ancestors knew that. Yeah, they did. They sure did. Mm-hmm. And there was a system to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the ancient world, you know, it was a system mm-hmm. uh, to, to deal with that, and obviously we lost that in the in the slave trade, you know, uh, because um, the thousands and thousands and thousands of African women that were forcibly raped and sex was committed, and all of the things that went along with that is just, uh, you know, un- it overshadows, uh, you know, anything along organized. Uh, uh, idea of thinking about sex, you know, sex. But but think about even that though, Doc. That's so powerful. Just bringing up that point, like like okay, and we talked about this on your show before. Let's deal with that. The trauma that that can be associated to sex, yeah, right? A lot of trauma. And so even even sometimes we can act as if we are enjoying the act. But the images and what it represents, the movies that I've seen and the, the videos that I've seen and the music that I've allowed into my psyche, that saturates this act to me. So that's what I'm procreating. I'm reproducing what's inside of me. So if I got trauma inside of me, what do you think is going to come out in the, for, in the form of a life? If I do procreate with someone 
and create a child. He toxic, I'm toxic. I'm gonna have a toxic child to, to introduce to this world. Yeah. Yeah. And he's coming into a toxic environment. So wh- where do we get the balance? Where do we get healing? And that's why we gotta slow it down and pull back and say, wait a minute, this act is very powerful. It is not to be played with. Like it's definitely to be enjoyed. We're not supposed to be afraid of it, but we are definitely supposed to respect it. Right, exactly. Because it is the act that keeps everything going in this world. That's a powerful thought, but you're right, and it's true. But again, it's cloudy. It's operating in a cloudy environment, and it's young people. Right. Um, you know, we we they used to teach sex education in school, whatever that. Mm-hmm. Was. I never was a part of a system that taught that. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so. So how do the kids understand that outside of going to church on Sunday and Sunday school and being told uh, the other part of that? And, I, you know, and in terms of that, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's fluxing, even as we sit here and talk. Yeah, well, we're letting the videos and the, and the music teach the kids. That's what we letting happen. That's right. So, so, so when he puts his penis inside of her vagina... That's what's going on in his head and hers. Right. That's exactly right. And uh, and everybody is trying their best to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, what, and what things that people don't do to do it, to try to do that. Exactly. You know, which is also another one of the destructive uh, factors, mm-hmm. you know, about that. So, okay. So now what, um, tell us a little bit, okay. give out your website for me. Uh, for those that might be listening to what you're doing and a, a lot more I was trying to make about how you how you're going to work that and, and continue this obviously discussion you know I know you, you we had a discussion uh, a couple of weeks back about the womb and looking at what mm-hmm. what happens in the womb which is obviously birth uh, t- talk a little bit about some of all that and give us some uh, uh, information. okay information. Okay, so again, um, my business is High Vibrations Holistic Hub, exactly as it sounds, spell it out. And my focus is really on, again, the shadow work, which is helping us to get down to the root of some of the trauma that we've dealt with that comes out in our interactions with other people. And what I'm finding is so many people the root of their cause of trauma so many people it comes back to sex one way or another whether it was molested as a child somebody touched them um overly sexualized incest all you know that happens a lot in our community and we don't talk about it and so these toxic people are procreating with other people so that's why it's so important to do the shadow work and and deal with the issues that are on the inside so you can get them up and Mm -hmm. get them out Mm -hmm. because we can never escape it until we deal with it. And once we deal with it, then we can have a a life free of that trauma. So that's one of the things. And then the other thing um, is the, the, the masculine, the feminine energy, because again, um, all these beautiful women that's walking around out here, it does not mean that they are all super feminine. And that's what a lot of the, the, the combat, the drama is in relationships. Like men say, 
we both can't wear the pants. Well, where does that statement come from? And why are women feeling like they need to wear the pants? What does it even mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so, and men have to have a safe place to be able to express themselves and deal with what they've been forced to, to bury, mm-hmm. you know, as it relates to whatever trauma mm-hmm. that they've dealt with, because it comes out in unhealthy relationships, anger, which is where a lot of domestic violence comes from. That murder comes from that. And that's in the man and the woman, because we're not dealing with right. the, the, the right. issues at the core. Right. And you know, there's a lot of nonverbal language that we have not interpreted for our community and our children that's playing right into what you're saying. And let me Mm -hmm. just give you one little quick example, and then I don't want to get hung up on Mm this. Um, I have never heard anybody interpret for me, and and I have asked people, uh, what does it mean for a woman uh, to post hundreds of pictures on Instagram and then wait about six months to see how many people uh, befriended her. What what is the what is that? What is the, what is the interpretation of, of what she's doing? And I, I haven't heard that. You know, I don't. I mean, because I don't. I, Instagram money. They don't. They don't pay you money to to uh, to get people to like your site. So what is? I know. Mm-hmm. I know YouTube does. They pay you. Uh, but, but what is, what is the language there? So she gets mm-hmm. on there and she gets two thousand clicks. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Can you explain mm-hmm. that for me? You, 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 any way you can explain that? Well, I believe it's the same with Facebook and all of that, and it don't even take them six months. It's just this ego that's out of control, you know, that okay. more and more and more attention. Okay. How much attention can I get? Okay, and then obviously I, that I, has to be there. Why do you need attention, you know, like that? Why do you, why not? Well, that's that's how people feel validated, you know, like, because this is the world that we live in. Okay. We, we live okay. in a world that um, people base their value on very superficial things. Money, looks, how many likes someone gives them can really make a person, can um, uh, contribute to a person's self-worth. Right. So, so a kid doesn't have to say they're on the honor roll. They can say they get... 3,000 likes on uh, Twitter or whatever, whatever uh, uh, Instagram. And that makes them kind of hero to their friends and colleagues. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Even yeah. even now, our music, it doesn't matter what the music sounds like or the content. What matters is how many likes did you get? How many people do you have following? Okay. So in other words, the world don't care about any of that. The only thing they care about is the numbers because the numbers equal money. Right. But yeah. that's the image that the world is pushing. So people get caught up on that. And we're in this selfie generation, which is a very selfish generation. That's where the texting comes from. And we not we don't interact with people. If you go to the grocery stores, it's very cold. You do your own groceries now. Okay. It's less and less human contact. Okay. Because we're we're really moving into a, 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 a area, a time where our minds are being controlled. Our minds are under attack. That's why it matters what the media says about me. What what does um, social media say? If I got 200 likes, I'm all right. If I got 2,000, okay, people like me. And so we really are buying. And that's why this is so dangerous and why we really need to talk about it. Because what makes you... See the value in yourself. What, yes. what, 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 
what determines your own value. Right, right, right. Amen. All right. Let me go to let me go to four one four three four five. See if they had any. Do you have comment, questions, or are you just listening? Four one four three four five. Hi, uh, peace. What's up, everyone? Um, yes, ma'am. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Rogers, and thank you, Sister Lotus. This has been a, a wonderful conversation. Um, man, so much has been uh, so much has been covered, and I I think you know what's coming up for me is just how um, you know the society that we live in has been has been constructed by uh western western this this westernized way of being where everything is objectified and um and our humanity has been um threatened um and so i just i just really appreciate um i i agree with everything um that that i hear uh lotus Saying, I um, so I just really appreciate the conversation. I don't have uh, okay. much to say, but but thank you. Well, thank you so much for your input as well. Uh, six, six five one one. Are you interested in saying anything? Because I've been trying to call you all evening. Hello. Uh, hello. Go right ahead. I'm here. Okay. Been trying to get in myself, <laughs> Doctor Bridges. You can't. I'm calling you. I've been calling you since uh, my phone, my forty-five phone, my minutes phone ago. Was missed. Uh-huh. That's why I dialed you on another phone. Okay, I've been trying to reach you. I, I, I know, I know, and you couldn't hear me because my phone was messed up. Okay. I said, I said, let me get another phone. Okay. But you know, I'm glad you you got me in because uh, one thing, and because I, I, I can kind of sum this whole thing up. And the last caller made a good statement when she said. Uh, 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 something about uh, this Western world and how we've lost everything that we had before we came here. And Sister Lotus also talked about right. going to our ancestors. And uh, uh, that, 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 that there's a section uh, that's very similar to this in my book, Recapturing the African Mind. Mm-hmm. And I talk about the way that men and women are trained from the African point of view as compared to way we were trained in the western world and in the western world european people study the training of the 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 the, the mare or the female horse and how she raised her coat right to become a a grown adult and that's how they raise us and give you an example when the female horse bears a coat the mare bears a coat or the baby horse then the uh, 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 horse trainer or the white man or the person in charge will take the stallion away from that uh, 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 mother and from that coat and let the male horse be away from the training and the development. And so all the training and development comes from the, uh, 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 the mother of the horse and even more so it comes from the white man who becomes the stallion or becomes the uh, uh, protector and the provider for the whole the, the, the family of the horse you see so it's very interesting so the techniques for training enslaved africans were adapted to resemble those used to train horses okay. and uh, that's really what happened to us in in slavery and uh right and so i wanted to make the point that 
uh, 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 when our enslavers first observed the relationship between mother and child in Africa, uh, uh, he noticed that uh, African women spaced their children uh, out to devote time to their nurturing and physical development rather than just uh, have them at any time they spaced them out. And then to strengthen the bond between her baby and herself, the mother that you would always see in African pictures always carried the baby strapped to her back. Right. At, at, you know, at every waking moment. And that was a reason for that. And at night, the baby slept in the mother's arms and nursed the breast until she was nearly two years old. The, the, and so the mother was the center of the child's universe, and uh, 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 there was only a limited contact at that early stage with the father and the siblings. And the, the, but, but you see, when we came to this country as, as, and were enslaved, women were taken from the children, children from the women, men mm -hmm. sent mm -hmm. off to other plantations. We were just completely dismembered or broken up as African people in this country. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and see, after the child got to be about tw uh, 10 or 12, as we look back into our history, mm -hmm. the female continued to be mentored by her mother. But the male, however, was taken from his mother and her, and, and her influences and initiated through the rites of passage into manhood. Mm -hmm. You see, we, you and me and the other brothers who were called in, brothers in our community, we were never initiated into any kind of passage into manhood in our community, except every now and then in the black slave communities in the projects and in the um, uh, hoods of America. Right. But lessons were taught by the father in the African mm -hmm. village and the wise men, and after going through those rites of passage, then the male child was no longer permitted to spend time with the women, but instead was continuously trained in his role as a man. Right. You see. And, and you know that, and that you're right, because in the early church, that was what they were doing. A lot of times, malehood development was based out of religion again. Uh, exactly, and you brought that point up earlier, so I'm kind of glad that I did hear that before you got to me, right, in the right. church. And mm -hmm. see, uh, his courage was even tested for leadership. Right. Uh, uh, yep. uh, uh, the young boys would fight in mock battles to develop that courage and character. That they lie down. And he learned to depend upon his comrades to develop responsibility to the group. Right. Only after the male completed the rites of passage was he permitted to marry and father children. Right. He earned the right to be called a man and was respected as such. But all, but all of those uh, uh, rites of passage and all those procedures that men were put through and women were also put through because they had rites of passage also on training and how to be a woman and what to do, what not to do and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. All that was destroyed in slavery. So yeah. we really just came up doing the best we could with what we had. Right. That's really what happened. Exactly. And, and that's what we are seeing played out today uh, in, a, in an electronic way and in a, in sort of in an elevated way. Uh, we are seeing that, you know, right now. Uh, and, it's, and it's killing our community again because you don't have the and even though even though they were negative dr rogers and you remember too growing up when we had the boy scout troops and the cub scout troops right. in the black communities of brookstown and hickstown and hayestown and mcdougal terrace we had these little boy scout troops even though they were based on uh you know principles of being loyal to america and saluting the flag and all that but that scout master in those in, in the boy scouts and that didn't mother in 
and the Cub Scouts, they were raising us up to become men, and the same thing was going on in the Girl Scouts. We That's took true. their organizations and what they had set up right. and began to adapt them right. to right. our situation in the same way that Dr. Maxwell adapted that Bible that we were talking that yeah, you were talking about on your Saturday, program on Saturday yeah. mm -hmm. adapted it to fit our situation and that's what we've always done right. that's what we've always done as a people yeah exactly right exactly right and we and I will say this there have been attempts uh, to sort of kind of amalgamate some of that in black communities black history um, oh yeah no doubt and it, it, it was done when we were in segregation where we were the one-on-one -on -one between black teacher, black student, black parent, uh, and, but but somehow or the other, it, it had the problem of duplication of white culture. And what I'm thinking that's about a, that's is, a good point. That's a good point. It, it's it's very difficult to do that in an integrated situation when you're in a classroom with right. white and black and all all this diversity. It's it's, it's very difficult. Because we were trying to do that same kind of manhood, womanhood training doing things like cotillions, uh, and I told you about the Jabberwalk, the Jack and Jill Club, <laughs> and all of that was an attempt to try to do that, but it had too much of an elitist uh, point to it, as well as it, um, uh, as well as it was, uh, you know, uh, copying uh, a society and a culture that we didn't know anything about, uh, and, and that's really what I think we have to look at. Okay, so uh, eight five one one. Did you want to say something? Nine one nine eight five one one. Did you want to say something? Okay, all right. So yeah, Doctor Bridges, you're right about that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, that looking yeah, at and see, and, and and just one one final comment. And what happens is, however we can do it, as you said, Doctor Rogers, Saturday schools or whatever it takes to do it until we get back to being able to be segregated and that's why i always go back to the black church the black church is probably the strongest institution that we have Tell today me. because Tell it's me. the one institution that has not been touched as much by diversity and integration and we can still operate in in in, in the realm of the black church exactly exactly and that's a discussion we're going to be having very soon <laughs> okay uh sister lotus you want to uh Close this out. We got about uh, five, six minutes left. You want to uh, kind of give any closing remarks? I just want to thank you again for the opportunity to come on. Um, I'm a big fan of the Black Reality Think Tank as well as thank you. Time for an Awakening. And um, I mean, I just respect it. I respect the platform and what you all are doing there. So I appreciate any opportunity to be a part of. Uh, what you have going on so thank you and again i just want to encourage everyone to just understand the importance um we got to get back to the way our people did things and we are spiritual people and so when people of african descent can get back to their core being um their inner being the god inside of them i i, I know that we can turn things around so that's that's always my go-to Okay. Always. Thank you, Dr. Rogers. Okay. Thank you so much. And I want to remind our listening audience, don't forget, we do have other programs on this system. One very important is a program uh, called African Perspectives. Uh, comes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, on the uh, Time for an Awakening Network system. Brother Oshi uh, Adelabu is the host of that program. Uh, it comes on at uh, uh, 11 uh, Central. Uh, uh, 
I'm sorry, 10 Central, 11 Eastern. And uh, it is uh, broadcast on the Time for an Awakening Network. And it's dynamic discussions looking at the African perspective of life, very similar to what we were kind of talking about today. And then we have our program here on Thursday, Warriors Way, uh, continuing to fight with Brother Quasi, which is on the Blog Talk radio system. Uh, and all you need to do is go to the Black Reality Think Tank Facebook page and get the link for that show uh, each each uh, Thursday evening. And then uh, a Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock, Black Sister Talk uh, with Sister Wanda Chambers. That comes on at 3 o'clock Central Time on the Blog Talk system as well. Uh, and then on Saturday evening at 6, we have uh, the Sankofa uh I mean, the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Council, I'm sorry, uh, it comes on at 6 o'clock with Dr. Janine James that is uh, hosting that program, and uh, they deal with issues of community reference, looking at the principles of Kwanzaa and Luzo Saba as we try to solve and uh, look at the various issues that are, that are facing the black community today. And so uh, that's our lineup. Next Tuesday, we'll be right back here at the Black Reality Think Tank uh, with another dynamic discussion, we hope. We appreciate all of you for coming on. Dr. Bridges, thank you so much for making those reference calls to those folks that, uh, well, there were a bunch of them on earlier, but uh, they, I guess they had to do something else. Uh, but anyway, uh, we do appreciate the short time that they're with us. And for those of you who wanted to listen, I appreciate that as well. So have a wonderful evening. Enjoy, hopefully, this continued warm weather. And we'll see you back here again next Tuesday evening. Thank you so much.
looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking for somebody. I can tell my troubles too. Why won't somebody come and ease my troubling mind? Yeah. I so wish somebody would come and ease my troubling. 